Now, if he flies into my mouth while I'm preaching, may get a little charismatic up here, but... Uh, and by the way, I guess he was there. Next Sunday, I'm, pe- I'm preaching on cobweb. So if you could have that same fly come back, uh, if you have that control, that'd be great. But if you're here today, I hope you've got your copy of God's Word. I hope you uh, have been thinking about the model prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we talked about a little bit of that last week, and we'll try to kind of finish up a little bit of that teaching today. And then at the very end of the service, we'll have our our Lord's Supper, and it's, a, it's always a joy to be with you and get back. I'm grateful for Brother John. I'm grateful for him uh, doing well and uh, the privilege that he'll have to, to be back, and I know you'll want to continue to pray for him and as these weeks go forward. And uh, it's always good to when you know there's something really good out there, right? You know, Christmas is coming. Brother John is coming back, and you won't have to deal with me anymore for a little while. But I may show up as guest. You've been too kind to me all this time, so if we come back one Sunday and walk in, uh, don't be surprised. Not to preach, I'll just be here to, to listen and, and worship with you. You're a great church. I just want to say thank you for being a great church. When we turned up the drive today and we saw your sign and, and everything, uh, what, what a wonderful thing that you have going on. The best thing about your building and your grounds and all of that is for the people that come in and sit down with it every week. So thank you. You are the church. You, the people, are the church. And as we think about today, the learning how to talk to God, learning how to communicate with God, as the disciples had, had asked Him to do that, we looked at it a little bit last week. So if you'll, uh, out of reverence for God's Word, if you've got it, Matthew 6, stand together with me. We're going to start reading right there in verse 9. And we'll read through verse 15. In this manner, therefore pray, Jesus speaking, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Boy, it would be good if we didn't have that next phrase, wouldn't it? As we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word for every person here. Lord, we pray for those unable to be with us that may be listening online or somehow, Lord, that you just give them the privilege to be back and and be in our fellowship again in the coming weeks. And we thank you, Lord, for for the many that uh, look on in that way that that can't be here. Father, we we don't want them to feel bad. We want to minister to them. But, Lord, for all of us that are here, thank you for the privilege of being here. And, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your teaching. Lord, you be our teacher right now and help us to have listening ears. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about leadership. And we're going to talk about deliverance today. We start off with forgiveness. That's one of those uh, wonderful things about this prayer that is so important. We have to ask ourselves what we're going to do with those people who sometimes owe us something. Do we forgive them uh, for what we're there? Is is it a conditional forgiveness? You know, I've... I've uh, Heard children and others say, I'll forgive you if you'll forgive me. Well, that's really not forgiveness, is it? I don't know what, at all what the Bible teaches. 
If we're going to forgive them, it doesn't matter whether they forgive us or not. It matters whether or not we forgive them. So there's sometimes we, we ask ourselves that. It's a part of life that we look at, and I think when Jesus is talking about this, and, and again, Matthew records those last two verses, 14 and 15, to further clarify it for us about forgiveness, how forgiveness is. It doesn't matter what the other person does. It matters what we do. We're all wounded by life. We all need forgiveness. I want you to be sure you're with me. We all need forgiveness. But sometimes it's very hard for us to be forgiving. Sometimes when somebody cuts me off in the road, it's hard for me to be forgiving. Sometimes when somebody gets the last piece of chicken or fish, we think, wait a minute. We, we get upset because we get selfish. And that's part of our nature. I think forgiveness is one of our greatest needs. If we really boil it all down, it's why Jesus came. Because we needed forgiveness. God created us wonderful creations, not junk, special as each and every one of us are. He created us that way, but we all became sinners. And so He has to offer us forgiveness. But He tells us that forgiveness is kind of like a door. If it's open on your side, it's open on the other side. If it's closed on your side, it's closed on the other side. And so there's the offer of forgiveness because all of us are sinners. Romans 3.23 says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says the wages, what we earn, is to be separated from God. He calls it death. It's to be totally away from God. Romans <coughs> excuse me, chapter 5 verse 8 says... But God commended His love toward us and now in that while we were all sinners, Christ died for us. And in John 3.16 we know how God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. All the way from the beginning, God knew we needed forgiveness. Not only do we need it once, but we need it all the time. I'm sure today that every one of us just making a wild guess, a harperism, if you will. That means I can't prove it with the Bible, but I think it's true. All of us probably need forgiveness. Maybe, maybe we didn't rob a bank or kill somebody today, but maybe there's been that thought, that attitude, that action. and We, we just need forgiveness. Maybe, maybe we need to forgive ourselves. Because a lot of us are holding ourselves in bondage because we won't, we won't allow God to work in us in the way He wants us to. And so the scripture Jesus says very clearly in verse 12, not only does He say, give us this day our daily bread, that's where we become so selfish and we realized last week that's not what we need to do. We don't need to be selfish. We need to be talking about everybody and helping everybody and encouraging everybody in the world. But then He says... Forgive us because we're debtors. We owe you something, God. You gave us earthly life. You've given us challenges. You've given us strength. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us Jesus. But we're still debtors. We, we really have a challenge to receiving this forgiveness that you're offering so freely. We, we really deserve justice. The scripture is very clear about 
that we deserve justice. But it doesn't mean that God is not a merciful, loving God. Amen. I'm, I'm glad God doesn't spank me every time I need to spank him. I didn't get a spanking every time my mom and dad thought I And you didn't either, by the way, before you. So you need forgiveness for that because you thought, oh, I got by with that. No. In our hearts and minds, when we feel like we get by with something because we didn't get punished for it, that doesn't mean that it was right. Who you are when nobody else knows what you've done or what you thought is who you are. Don't play games. Don't put on a mask and come into church with all our pretty clothes and everything's fine and say to everybody, oh, I'm, I'm doing good. Everything's fine. No, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We're all debtors. And so the scripture, Jesus says, pray, Lord, forgive us our debts. Mercy looks to the future and reclaims us. Justice looks to the past and restrains us. It's a high cost for getting even. If you have anger and, and resentment and, and actions that you want to get back to somebody, you're going to pay the price for that more probably than they are. That's why it's so important, I think, that we get this part straight. And it's probably the most difficult part of learning how to pray. Lord, forgive us as we're forgiving other people. Help me to be more forgiving so, so you can be more forgiving to me. Now, God is going to forgive us. Don't, don't take that apart. But He's saying you're going to hurt yourself when you carry all of this baggage of not forgiving other people. Letting them get under your skin. Letting them tell you who you are. Tell you what you're going to do. The challenge for the Christian is to show mercy to be forgiving. Not just to receive mercy. Matthew 6, 11 and 12 says, Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. As we forgive. That's the challenge. Sometimes I mess up with a challenge. Sometimes I'm not very forgiving. I've got a feeling that if you're really honest with yourself, you're that way too. We, we want to hit that guy back in the nose that hit us. We want to speed up and cut that person off on the road that cut us off. Maybe we don't have a fast enough vehicle, so we pray that up there the road that the policeman will get him. How many others have been that? <laughs> speed on, brother, because I know they're going to get you. See, that's the wrong attitude. James 2.13 says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. When Jesus was confronted with the lady who was obviously guilty of adultery, the religious leaders brought her up to him. and they, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't up for debate. She was guilty. Everybody knew she was guilty. Jesus didn't look at her guilt. He knelt down on the ground, and the Greek word is kind of katagraphene is the way I pronounce it. It just means that he, he started riding on the dirt. And the scripture says that one by one by one, the other people walked away. Why? Because I think he was jotting down what they had done wrong. 
See, one of these days, you and I are going to come before a holy and righteous God that doesn't need forgiveness, that always offers forgiveness, but He's holy and righteous, and we're going to be for the judgment seat of Christ, if you will, and all of that stuff's going to come out. So parents, you're going to learn stuff about your kids, and your parents are going to learn stuff about you as kids, and it's all going to be there. And when I think about that, it, it scares me. But that woman who was so guilty sat there and then finally she looked up with Jesus and Jesus asked her a question, where are your accusers? And they'd all left. You see, not a one of us has the right to be God, to be judge. We're all sinners. We're all debtors. And so when we pray, we pray, dear Lord... Forgive us as we forgive others. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we don't lose heart, Rather, we've renounced our secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the Word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I'll never forget my dad telling me over and over when I would say, Dad, so-and-so is getting in trouble at school, and I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. He'd always say, ask the teacher to watch you. No, Dad, it's not me. It's Tommy. It's Jimmy. It's somebody else. No, no. You ask the teacher to watch you. Then the teacher will know that Bobby Joe Harper is not being the one acting up. Ask God to watch us. To watch me. God, help me to be forgiving. There's a warning of me not being forgiving. We're not asking God to excuse or pardon. We're not saying to God that this isn't right, fair, yes. We have laws. People sin. question is not was I wronged, but what can I do redemptively to right the wrong? question is not... How many times do I have to do that? Peter asked that, and the Lord answered him. <laughs> he said, Peter, there is no answer to that. You always are forgiving. I'm always forgiving. We just read it in 2 Corinthians, that that is his spirit. That is his nature. That is who God is, and he's wanting to transform us, his children, into that kind of forgiving, loving, caring spirit. But it doesn't mean that sin is not still sin. It doesn't mean that, okay, all of a sudden we've got to get out a free jail card. It doesn't mean that God doesn't say there's certain rights, that there's things. What He is saying is there's a wrong way of mercy that we need to be forgiving. We need to tell people the truth. We need to uphold the truth. God is telling us the truth. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're not the judge. So when lost people come into our church and they, as a matter of fact, they've kind of quit coming because we've been so judgmental. You hear me? 
Lost people don't come to church anymore in our culture because we've been so unforgiving. They're lost. They come in, they may not look like us, may not smell like us, may not talk like us, may not do anything much like us. They may have all kinds of differences. They're lost people. You and I were lost, but we amazing grace was found. And it's changed us. And so when they come in and we invite them in, we want to invite them in and say, we love you. It's not that we agree with you. It's not that you're, what you're doing is right. We, we have a difference of opinion. We believe that God's way is God's way. There's only one God. There's only one Jesus. There's only one Holy Spirit. His Word is still true. The Bible hasn't changed at all. It is still true. And you just haven't caught on to it yet. But we love you. Come in and sit down with us and let's talk. Oh, by the way, I'll listen to your point of view first as long as you'll listen to mine. That's a good way to open the conversation. See, there's a wrong way of forgiveness, but then there's a, a right way of forgiveness. It's not have we been wronged, but what can we do redemptively to do that? The bottom is not whether or not they've even asked us for forgiveness. I wish a lot of people would say, would you forgive me? I'd say, yeah, you finally caught on. that What you're doing is hurtful to me. That's not what the Scripture says. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Some people will never, ever say the word, I'm sorry. Or will you forgive me? I wish they would. Some people won't. I think that's just true. And yet when Jesus hung on the cross and He looked down upon all of us and all of our sins of all of the world, when He had the right to have called all the angels and come down off that cross and say, God, let's start all over with this human race thing and, and do it all. He did not. He said simply, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. There's a lot of us that need to look at some people in our hearts and minds and say, Father, would you... Help me to forgive them. They don't know what they do. They don't know how it's hurt. But then be very careful. Be very careful that you're not the one that's messing up. That you're not the one that is causing that problem. So then he tells us, lead us. Father, forgive us our debts as we're forgiving others. And don't lead us into temptation. <laughs> Lead us. Don't, don't lead me to a place to where I'm going to fail, but always help me to see that you're going to make a way for me to get growing through this. Some of us have got great opportunities to forgive people, and it's just God saying, lead us, Lord. Lead us learning how to be forgiving. Lead us how to, how to do this. How can we do this? James 1.13 says, Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. What God is doing is saying, here's a way you can grow. In athletics, we tell young people, hey, do some exercises, do some put-up 
push-ups and sit-ups and, and all of these kind of things so that you can build your body so you can play the game better and, and get out there and play the game and, and do that. Lead us into and how to grow. Sometimes you, you fall down and so he's going to tell us in a few minutes to, to deliver us when we fall down. But he, he's telling us, lead us, Lord, help us to grow. Temptation turns to sin when we quit following God. Temptation helps us to grow when we learn to depend upon God more. When those things come up, we say, oh no, Satan, I'm not following you this time. I'm not falling back into that trap. I'm not driving back through that mud hole. I'm, I'm not going back there, Lord. My thoughts, my actions, my attitudes are not going to be evil. I don't, I don't want to go there. I want you to lead me so that I'm going forward. I want you to help me to choose you. I want you to help me to get there. Lead me how to do that. God never allows us to be tempted beyond what we can accomplish with Him. God's not ever lost a battle. He's God. He's holy. He's righteous. But sometimes He tells us, hey, you need to you need to walk yourself a little bit. And so he says, don't lead us into temptation. Don't lead us into something that we can't handle. And God never does that. When we fall, it's because we fail, not because God failed us. But when we fall, he's always there to pick us up. Because that's his very next thing. I'm willing to follow you, Lord. But when I fall, help me up. Because he says, deliver us from the evil one. See, I don't, I don't want to be in the hands of Satan. And neither do you. So Lord, forgive me where I've messed up. Forgive me where I've decided to go my own way. Do church my own way. Have it my way instead of your way, Lord. Help me to, to do that. The strength, the strength to resist temptation is available to us if we'll just keep looking there. But sometimes we're the strongest when we're on our knees. Sometimes we're the strongest when we feel the weakest because we depend upon Him. Most often when Bob Harper messes up, it's when Bob Harper tries to do it on his own. And I don't check in with the Father. We don't want to be discouraged, defeated children. He doesn't want us to be that. Also, the time when we fail is because we simply did not follow who and what we know is our Heavenly Father. It's not a trial or a test to push us down. It's to pick us up. Think of Jesus and, and Satan in those days of temptation. Uh, Jesus answered with Scripture. He answered with, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And so it's a challenge. And then he says, deliver us from Satan. I, I'm glad one of these days when I don't have to put up with Satan. Are you? I mean, one of these days when we're up in glory... Now, the old devil, he's he not going to bother me anymore. 
He's kind of like my two-year-old grandson was the other day. We were outside swinging and everything was wonderful. And we looked over the fence in the neighbor's yard. And they had one of these big white ghosts up that had a real scary face on it for Halloween. You may have one of those. I don't know. Anyway, he looked at that. And you could see the thing blowing, you know. And he said, Party? Scary ghost, monster, he not harm you. Scary ghost, monster, he not harm you. I'm sure his mom and dad had told him that because he probably thought that scary ghost monster was going to get him. Satan's not going to harm you. You belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You've given your life to him and said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, lead me. Help me to follow you. And Lord, deliver me when the time is right. God never wants us to go somewhere. But now you think about a child that's learning to walk, learning to run. At first, we kind of hold on to them, you know, or maybe really hold on to their hands and, and help them to walk. And then we kind of let them hold on to our fingers. That's it's a little more and try to support them. And then we try to let them get loose of one hand and then maybe loose of both hands. Well, what's that child going to do? It's going to fall down. Every one of those children is going to fall. If they tried to go down these steps, if I had a little child up here and they tried to go down those steps... I'd, I'd grab a hold of them. Why? Because they're going to they're gonna bust it right there. What's your Heavenly Father doing with you? He's walking along, holding on to you. But after a while, he kind of says, Hey, I think we can make these steps with just one hand. And then after a while, he says, You, you can make those steps by yourself. But every time you fall, every time you fall, God's going to be there to pick you up and help you learn something. But if you don't ever turn loose of that child, he'll never learn to walk on their own. So God looks at us as his children and says, I want you to learn how to walk on your own because I'm going to be right there with you. But I want you to learn how to resist Satan. I want you to learn how to resist what the TV's telling you, what culture's telling you, what society is telling you. I want you to deliver us from the evil one. So how do we learn to pray? Start off, first of all, recognizing who you're praying to. It's our Father, God. He's for all of us, even the sinners. He's for all of us. He's wanting us all to have a relationship with Him. He's in heaven because He's holy and righteous, and that's where He wants us to wind up. He's there, and one of these days, every tree, every rock, every bird, every fish is going to bow down and worship Him as the Creator, the Lord of all things, the one who loves us beyond anything that we can ever do. His kingdom is going to come. It is coming now, but it is really going to come. I wonder if it's coming on earth sometimes as it is in heaven. I think maybe we're backing up a little bit, folks. But one of these days, God's going to come and it's all going to be changed. And the wheat's going to be separated from the tares. 
And as he gives us our daily bread today, he says, you've got a responsibility to take care of this earth, be a steward, use what I've given you, not just for your own bank account, but use what I've given you for the kingdom, for the good of people. You're going to need forgiveness on the way because (laughs) we're all sinners except for me. So you forgive other people because they going to need that. You're going to need to be led so you don't fall into temptations. And yes, you're going to need to be delivered. But I don't want you to think that I'm always just going to force you to do this. I want you to learn to, on your own, look at Satan and say, not this time, buddy. I'm not doing it this time. I'm not picking up that bottle. I'm not doing those drugs. I'm not having that thought. I'm not doing those things no longer because I'm a child of the King and I want to live for you. For God, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When you and I learn how to pray like that, things are going to be different. It's going to help us tremendously. Scripture says, now to him that is able to keep you from falling, that helps us with that deliverance, doesn't it? Keep you from falling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. Help us to do what you want us to do. Bow together with me as we pray. Father, today there are people here that I know in my heart love you and care for you dearly. And yet, Lord, we need to to learn how to communicate better with you. We need to learn how to listen and and to follow. And Lord, uh, especially as you've talked to us today, to be forgiving and allow you to lead us to really be the Lord to give over our lives to you. And, and Lord, we ultimately want to be delivered from all the evil. But right now, we know that you've got us right where you want us. And yet, Lord, you want us to be your children. So if somebody here today doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that in the next few moments as we sing, that they would come and ask questions and share their faith. Maybe there's those that need to be part of this fellowship and you're requesting them and telling them this is a place to serve you. There may be those that are feeling led into some type of full-time Christian service. There may just be those that need to come to this altar and say, God, I I need you to help me learn how to forgive this person for I've been holding this grudge for way too long and it's just eating me alive. So Lord, help me to do what only you can do and to find that forgiveness. Father, whatever the decisions are, I pray today that each of us will follow you and trust you. For we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Do you stand together?